Deborah, and today we're going to talk about a new podcast called Comfortable in the Uncomfortable. Hey guys, uh, welcome back. Uh, today we're going to talk about like I think uh, stepping out of your out of your comfort zone uh, type s. Um, we'll go from there. Um, but today I wanted to share. Uh, I wanted to start uh, like always. I want to start with the Bible, and it's um, what I want to read is James um, one twenty two. James one twenty two, and it says. But be doers of the word and not only hearers, deceiving yourselves. And I honestly love that because um, it makes us understand that listening to the word is one thing, but doing what the word says uh, gives it another twist, another calling, another, um, how do I say this? Like maybe like another, um, how, do, how do I explain this? Like another... Um, has like another meaning to it. For example, let me give us an example. For example, God says in uh, Matthew 28, he says, go forth and make disciples. How many of us have actually spoken to our friends about Jesus Christ? Probably not many. Um, and if you have, do you speak to all of the people that you come encounter to, about Jesus or just a few? Maybe just uh, the people that, that you really, really love. But the Bible doesn't say go and make disciples of the people you really, really love. But it says go and make disciples out of nations. Um, uh, for example, give us another one. Also, he says go and heal. And we have to go and heal and pray for the people. And how many of us do, actually do um, get out of our uh, you know comfort zone? And when you hear somebody that's sick... Um, do you go and pray for them? Uh, do you go and say, hey, God has a plan for you? Um, and I'll be honest with you, I rarely do it. Here and there, I kind of, you know, do, do it sometimes. But um, it's more of like, we almost feel like church uh, gives us a comfortable place to do all that that's spiritual. But the minute we leave church, it's all uncomfortable. And I just don't want to keep it to... Um, to just, you know, what Jesus said, but also Jesus says that we are temples uh, of, of His Spirit. And my question is, sometimes doing the right things makes us uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe you, you're in a group where everybody smokes, or everybody drinks, or everybody just says bad words, and you're the only one that, you know, doesn't do any of those things, and you almost feel out of place. And I wanted to tell you that that is part of this. That, that is part of this. That's part of being doers of the Word and not just hearers. Yes, go. Uh, I was going to say that I I think that you are like literally spot on. It's not just about like uh, hearing, but just also doing. And I think the, the perfect example of this is uh, David when he was confronted by Prophet Nathan in 2 Samuel 12. Um, he starts, uh, Prophet Nathan, uh, actually I should just read it to you guys instead of pretending that I can memorize the Bible. Uh, 2 Samuel 12. Um, today well let me start telling you guys the story while i look for it um he pretty much comes to him right and he tells that there's like two men in a city and one is rich and one is poor uh samuel second samuel 12 2 the rich man had very many flocks and herds but the poor man had nothing but one little uh lamb which he had bought and he bought it up and grew up with him and his children he used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms and it was like a daughter to him now there came a traveler for, to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his flock or herd to prepare for the guests who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against that man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Right? So uh, David, he had heard, he had understood what was the right thing to do, right? Because if a poor man has a little lamb that is like his, his daughter and you have like 
a whole bunch. Why would you take that one, right? So David understood that this was wrong. And then Nathan says to David, you are that man, says the Lord, the God of Israel. I anointed you king over Israel and I deliver. And he tells him a whole bunch of things, right? But he's telling him that he is this man because he killed Bathsheba's husband, uh, Usias, Urias, yeah. what's his name? Urias. Urias, okay. Um, and he... Um, he, he killed him, right? And he took for his wife, uh, Bathsheba. But, but the point of this is that David, although he knew what was right, he himself had been doing what was wrong and did not see it. So it's important to be, like you say, both hear and understand what you're supposed to do, understand what is right, so then you can act on that. Because without both of these things, then you can just know what is right and never do it. And I, I don't know something because I, I can say something. Um, I just wanted to say, back you up on, the, um, on understanding the actual word of God, is that um, there's a verse in Revelations 1-3 that it says in the AMP version, it says, blessed, happy, pro, pro I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry, my English is bad. Um, and prosperous. To, prosperous and to be admired. He is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and who keep the things which are written in it, hearing, heeding them and taking them to the heart for the time of fulfillment is near. And so by doing these three things, by hearing it, by saving the word of God into you and by actually understanding on what you're, what you're reading and what you're hearing from the preachers and putting it to practice, you will get blessings out of it. That's what I just wanted to back you up. No, and, and I agree with what you said. And actually by reading, by hearing and keeping the word of God, you can also understand that <clears throat> with the, I'm gonna tie both of your, your points in. Um, David knew the truth, mm -hmm. but he didn't do it. And when the prophet Nathaniel comes, he puts him to shame. He shames him. And then in 2 Timothy 2.15, which that's the one I want to read, it says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth and i was looking i was reading this verse and i was thinking i was like god look look how everything ties in if you read the word and you hear it and you keep it and you and you and you do what you're supposed to do with the word and you don't act upon it you're going to be ashamed with god but if you do it you might be ashamed with the, your friends and the people from this world but at least you'll be an approved worker and honestly that's what i wanted to say because you can tell that either there's two options here either you're ashamed in front of the people in the world or you're ashamed with god mm -hmm. so i honestly prefer to be ashamed with um i'd rather be uncomfortable with the people in this world <laughs> than be ashamed with god because i was thinking i was thinking look at the last it says handling the word of truth meaning rightly handling so you need to understand that there has to be a way that when you read the word of god you need to handle it correctly so there's an opposite way of, uh, there's a wrong way to handle it. If you handle it poorly, you're not an approved worker and you will be ashamed just like David was. I don't know if you want to add anything. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk. A lot of the questions were like, what if I feel alone? And all of this was kind of like getting out of our comfort zone. And we kind of had a little discussion in the front. When we come here, it doesn't mean that because we're Christians, life is going to be easy. Like, it's going to be hard, and we're going to go through circumstances. But in Matthew 7, 24, it's a story how Jesus gave a parable of anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Through the rain comes and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against the house. It won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. 
But anyone who hears my teachings and does not obey is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a, mi with a mighty crash. What I love about this story is it doesn't say because one the house that is on bedrock, since the rock is Jesus, it doesn't say, oh, there isn't going to be any rain. No, it says in both situations, there's going to be rains. Mm -hmm. In both situations, we're going to have trials. But only if we follow God, only if we walk in his path and walk with him, is that we're going to be able to pass these trials in the rock, being okay. Like our foundation is going to be him and our house or us, because we're the temple, we won't fall in our trials. And, and I love, I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, but I have to say this because sorry. it goes along with what Alanis was saying that um, we tend to feel alone. But, you know, like when we feel most alone is when God, when Jesus is more with us. Mm. There's like this like random story I heard from one day that um, this guy, he was like walking and um, he would look next to him. And then there was like a pair of footprints and it would be Jesus. You know, mm -hmm. Jesus was walking next to him and and it was always there. He could always see Jesus with him. But and then one day he started like he started going through like struggles and he started being um, like not trialed, but struggles. Basically, mm -hmm. he he felt alone. He felt like um, like, I don't know, it was like the end of the world for him because of the problems going with him. Right. But and then when when he was feeling like, like that, he looked next to him again and he didn't see the the footsteps next to him anymore and he's like wow jesus like now that i need you the most you're not there like what's up you know <laughs> yeah and then but he was like nah like i'm gonna I'm just keep going you know like i'm gonna just continue walking straight walking your path being faithful to to jesus and god you know that's what they want from us right. and um that's what he did he kept going and going and then but just one day it all crashed on him he had a full mental breakdown he was like no you know what like i can't do this anymore like let me go back because i know going back jesus was there with me then and um but i i, I want to feel that comfort again by Je jesus being there and so right when he turns yeah. back he hears a voice and you know that voice is jesus right. and he's like no it's not the fact that you're not alone anymore it's the fact that the footprints you see here the only footprints you're seeing right now could you see one pair it's me carrying you this whole time you weren't even walking it's me holding your weight and i was like bro when i when i heard that story i was like bro what? <laughs> you know? Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. Perfect example of when we feel most alone, Jesus is literally right there. And we yeah. can, honestly, we can see it in so many other stories. Even in the Bible, we see yeah. it. Look, look, look at the look at the person that was uh, abandoned on the side taking care of his father's sheep. David. He was put out in the field, abandoned completely. I know I yeah. always bring him out to David, but honestly, <laughs> I love David. But, so yeah. If you guys notice, look at him. He was abandoned outside. He was working in the field. He was doing everything that he was supposed to be doing. And guess who was closer? Who was who was got closer to David or his brothers? David. 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 Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to explain to you. I, I want I want you guys to know that that when you feel alone, when you almost feel like everybody has left you or everybody is no longer friends for you. Okay, don't worry about it. You're in the right place. And then. I look, it sucks to say this, right? Because nobody wants to be by themselves, right? Yeah. And nobody wants to feel alone. But I always tell people, then they go, Danny, I feel alone. And I'm like, guys, 
if you learn to love to be by yourself, you just become a different animal. You really? do. Because now you can pray by yourself. Now you can practice by yourself. And you see that you have all these things that you can do by yourself. And almost you, like, for example, I tell my sister, like, me and my sister always tell each other, like, all right, do we need some time from away from each other? And we know that time is away from each other. And we just don't don't see each other. Yeah. And, and um and I know there's people want to speak, but just I wanted to say that that's how, be- that's how beautiful it is. That when you feel alone, when you feel you're most alone, God is closest. God is near. You know, you know what I thought you were gonna say that uh, about that story. That you know how um, he was next to that he was gonna be in front of him. Yeah, oh. that's what I was like, dude, I'm gonna cry now. But the fact that he was, was carrying you, I was like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, I don't know who had to speak. Who had to speak? Oh, cat. Yeah. Okay, so. This topic kind of reminds me of the woman with the alabaster box. I just love this story so much. And when I was um, studying this story, I kind of, I was speaking with Danny and, you know, we came to like, we were like thinking, we were like, bro, you know what? Like this woman was an actual risk taker. Like in order to be uncomfortable, yeah, to get out, out of, of the comfortability that you're in, um, you kind of need to be like a risk taker. Like sometimes we don't know like what will happen, but just in just doing it, like there can be like a greater outcome, right? So like this woman, she went in there with an alabaster box, right? And there was a lot of naysayers around her. Like there were people doubting her, like, like what is this woman doing here, right? And so she just came and she, and honestly, if that were me, if there were like people looking at me, bro, I would have been like, oh, maybe they're right. Like maybe I should turn around and walk away, bro. <laughs> but no, in that moment, like she just like blocked everybody out of be like around her and just went and broke the alabaster box. Mm-hmm. and. Bro, it's so like beautiful because I was listening to a podcast and it was about a alabaster box. And it said like if you realize it, why does it say like why did she break her alabaster box? And it was because like the perfume that contained in it, if you broke everything, like nothing is left inside. Mm. Which is like bomb, right? And so okay, but going back <laughs> to the risk taker um, thing, like sometimes we need to take that extra step and even when we don't know where we're going, like God will literally like um you know, show you like where you're going and maybe the recompensa will be even bigger, mm-hmm. right? And at the end of the day, it would be um, a bigger blessing to be able to please him. And then it kind of reminds me like, okay, so I started college in ca- on campus and I kind of had this like, this moment with these school friends, friends that I had <laughs> in my class and we went to like a study break room and blah, blah, blah. We, we were just studying and then out of nowhere like we, a conversation about the Bible came up and bro like these girls are not dumb like they know the Bible and they were like coming at me like oh you know it's so like like the Bible says something and then Christians do another thing and I was like okay okay let's hear them talk and in my mind I was just like bro is it my time to speak or should I stay quiet and you know just like like listen to them you know and they didn't know like the whole time they were talking about that they didn't know I was Christian and then they started asking each other like oh are you Christian and Christian and then I was like the only one I was like yes I'm Christian and then I was just like I was trying to bite my tongue so bad but then I just felt I was like bro like just say something and then so I started speaking to them and in me I had so much fear I was just like bro like these girls are probably not gonna want to be my friend they're not gonna want to shoot the answers I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but at, at the end of the day like you know I did my part like maybe I didn't convince them in that in that moment but I know sooner or later I might or but I'm letting that be in God's hands if that's of course you know I'm supposed to do but yeah I just wanted to say that you kind of have to be a risk taker even when you're in doubt because doubt does beat you up but when you take that step God will literally lead you to a question what did you say something to them because yeah I didn't yeah dude I did yeah oh you did that yeah I did I did bro I was I was scared I was scared I was like shaking I was like uh 
but I, I did it. And, and it's beautiful what you said because it, it's exactly what I was what I was telling the people from Accelerated Ascension yesterday that it doesn't matter what you feel, right? It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you are. It matters that God's power is in you, Amen. and we have to understand that. That's that's the point. The point is, God says it many times, and we don't understand it. He says it's not about what you can do on your own. Like if you're really good, for example, I always ask people, I always ask, I always, just hear me out. Ask who our leaders are. For example, ask who the apostle is. The, the apostle of, of our church, he, he's, a, he, he's a smart guy. He's a very smart guy. Well, now he is at his 70, you know, 65 years old. He's a very smart guy. But at the same time, when he was, uh, when he was not Christian, he was brought up very humbly. You know, he was not, he didn't have much to speak on. He probably couldn't speak that very well. Why did God choose him? Look at our apostle that covers uh, uh, our whole, look, look, like, look at the apostle that covers, for example, Honduras, my uncle. Um, he was successful at what he does. He, he was successful. He was successful at, at working. He used to sell steel. He used to sell uh, aluminum and, and, and his thing. And I say, God, why do you call these people, these people that have nothing how in the world is what he's selling going to help you? Mm-hmm. But yet God says, oh, I don't care about what he can do. I care what I can do within him. And if you guys notice, most of the people that God calls are people that maybe had, didn't finish studying, people that didn't even, don't even know how to speak in public. And yet we have to understand, just like Kat said, we have to have a risk and we have to, that's the uncomfortability factor, right? Go yeah. ahead. I was just going to tell you, like if we, if we look at the Bible, we see all of these examples, like Moses, he had a stutter, right? And still he was uh, to deliver Egypt. Uh, Gideon, we just heard about him in the last podcast and what? He was, he says to himself, like, I have like the weakest family. Like, what do you want me to do with this? Shadrach, Mesek, and Abednego, they go against the king and say, I will not bow to you. Even if God doesn't save me, I will not bow down to you. And it's, it's like you have to be, literally, you have to be a thug to do these things. Yeah. Right? And you have to have faith to do these things. Like, understand that God is going to take over because if not, what are you going to do? Daniel, in the lion's den, do you think he was just like chilling and like skipping? No, I'm no, sure that no. they were scared. He was scared. I'm sure there's something inside of him was like, oh my God. But the trust that he had in God was bigger. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last one that I, I could think of right now was uh, Jesus, right? Because he stepped away from his, his deity. He, he was God himself. And he literally um, stepped down from his glory in order. And literally, how uncomfortable must that have been for him, right? Even in the moment where he, he tells the father, like, hey, if it's possible, pass this cup. But still, he did it. Why? Because he trusted the father blindly. But they were willing to be uncomfortable. And uh, I was going to tell you that uh, one of the, the stories that mostly most resonates, and I feel like it should with us, is when Jesus goes and flips the tables in the synagogue. Um, because all of these people were comfortable selling and doing a whole bunch of things that they were not supposed to be doing in the temple. And sometimes, don't we? Right? Yeah. Do, we, do we mix what's uh, not holy with what is? And Jesus comes in and he, in Mark eleven seventeen he says, um, uh, no, eleven fifteen sorry. And they came to Jerusalem and as he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple and he overturned the tables of money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, it is, is it not written? My house shall be called a house of prayer for all of the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. And so again, what do you think they felt in that moment? Comfortable? 
No, they were literally shaken up, right? And it's necessary because where there is growth, there is uncomfortability. There's no such thing as change without hurt. There's no thing, such thing as change or getting better without some pain, without some suffering. Uh, even growth, like when you guys are growing up uh, as a kid, um, I don't know if you guys remember, I, I haven't grown in a while, but your bones hurt, right? And you're like, oh, everything hurts. And your mom just comes to you and she's like, estas creciendo. Yeah. <laughs> right and it's it's uncomfortable it's painful sometimes you cry sometimes you want to shout sometimes you fight but at the end of the day it's needed uh you need to be uncomfortable you need to be you, there has to be some suffering and that's what we were called for to suffer along with christ but we rejoice in those sufferings that is the mm -hmm. difference yeah. between the world and us is that we know where we're headed so we can rejoice in these sufferings I agree. sorry i overspoke go ahead no yeah. no and i was gonna say that even this world says the same thing you know they're just saying that says no pain, no gain. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And and uh, I, I don't even know why I I bring up the world, but the world even understands this, right? You want to get buff? I was telling the boy yesterday. Um, I want to lose weight. I can't put six hours in one day of the gym. I have to put an hour a day for six days, for ten months, fifteen months, and then I see a little bit of change, right? Yeah. But everything's like this, and I always tell people, honestly, people that want to come to church, I always tell them, look. The first few times is gonna feel so uncomfortable. You don't know Shady. Shady's trying to joke with you, but you don't know. Then Alanis comes by and wants to sell us some strawberries, <laughs> and then you're like, "What's going on?" And then Deborah might, you know, hug you, and you feel weird. But I'm like, let those few days go by. Don't stop coming, and then out of nowhere, you feel like you're part of the family, and and it's uncomfortable. And I want to, I wanted to read also in Matthew eight twenty, and it says, um. And Jesus said to them, Foxes have holes and the birds uh, of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lie his head. So that was telling them, guys, are you guys sure you guys want to follow me? Are you guys sure you want to do what I do? Because what I do is uncomfortable. Yes. And when it says lay his head, what does that mean? He, 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 he doesn't even know how, he doesn't even have a place to sleep. So imagine us, we, oh yeah, we want to be Christians and we want to follow Christ, but I always tell people, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold be, on. before you give <laughs> yeah. me an answer right away, and, yeah. I, and I tell that people people that come and, uh, you know, console with me or something, I, before I even start giving them any advice, I go, just answer me one question. Are you going to, are you going to, are you going to go full blast with Christ? And he goes, what does that mean? I'm like, dude, I need a decision that your decision is Christ. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, so figure this out first because... I, we need people that I that know, okay, this is my home, this is where I want to be, I want to follow Christ, I know he doesn't have a place to lay his head, but I will be uncomfortable, and that's what it is, that's our calling, guys, our calling is to be uncomfortable in the world, that's why um, the, the, the Bible also says that we are meant to be the light of this world, have, okay. you, guys, have you guys ever seen uh, uh, one bulb in a dark room, it's awkward, it's like, what's going on here? You can barely even see around it. Yeah. But yet, it's that bulb. It's that light that shows what's going on, what shows the truth. And and you can see it even with Kat's story, which she said, she was that, she was that light. That you light. can see right away. And I imagine that everybody left that day. And I know because I've been in those circles, that they all left that day and be like, damn, dude, she didn't say anything to us. We were all smacking, talking smack about Christians, and she didn't she say one there. thing. Yeah. And, and they leave knowing that, and watch when they have a problem, they're gonna be like, hey, cat, you know, I have this problem, and then she's gonna be like, oh, yeah. dude, I don't know why they're doing that. That's 
I'm telling you guys, really? yeah. when you're the light, when you're uncomfortable, it ends up paying off because God is good. I don't know if you have something to yeah, say. And, okay, go for it. Sorry. Yeah. I wanted to add uh, Philippians 3.10. kind of goes with what you guys are saying. Um, actually, yeah, Philippians 1.29, it says, For you have, be- you have been given the privilege not only in trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for mm, him. Amen. And then it also says in... Um, it says in Matthew sixteen twenty four that then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone wants to follow me, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. And I was listening to this, I guess it was a reel on Instagram, and someone said, um, greatness requires discomfort and God cares more about your purpose than your comfort. Ability. Yeah. yeah, I think that's how you say it. Yeah, and I love that because, like you guys were saying, sometimes God is going to put us through uncomfortable situations to put us through that purpose, through those trials that we need to learn through. One of the questions was, like, uh, does uncomfortability make my faith grow? And I think it's really more on, like, your perspective. Like, you can grow. There uh, Romans 5, hold up, give me a sec. Romans 5, 3 to 5, it says, we can rejoice too when we re- when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strength of confidence, of confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So yeah, we're gonna go through trials, and we have to understand that they're gonna make us grow, but what if we go through trials and we aren't, we believe, like you were saying, oh, let's go back to what it was comfortable. Let's go back. Mm-hmm. So it's really about your mindset. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, like Danny was saying, when we come into this, we have to understand that we're going to go through trials and we have to start trusting in him, having faith. Yeah, it can make your faith grow or it can be the needle that knocks you down. Like it's really up to you. We have to kind of like self, self-analyze ourselves. Mm-hmm. Sorry, can I just read a Bible verse? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, promise, yeah. and then you go. <laughs> Psalms thirty-four, seventeen: When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears them and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is near the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all of them. He keeps all of his bones, and not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. So even if we have affliction, the Lord will deliver you from Amen. all of them. But if you're wicked affliction will slay you which is crazy right okay sorry Damn, that's, that's, that's real crazy but yeah what i wanted to say is the reason why that we have to risk it all the reason why we have to apart uh depart ourselves from the world is because of the um when i was studying i was like okay let me like find an example of how can i like simplify it or how can i make it make sense but um i was like okay like in like a simple diet you know like a diet is 80 20 you know you 80 percent what goes into your body is what you're is gonna show the results of what you want to do let's say you want to do weight loss right and then the 20 percent is exercise like that 80 percent like you're not going to get anywhere if you're not eating like good you know and so when i was thinking that and i was like bro that's literally it you know like because that 80 percent of what goes that's inside of you you know okay so okay let's let's okay so i have a (laughs) a a verse of romans 12 2 and the msg version and the msg um it combines one and two so it says it says here so 
So here's what I want you to do. This is God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Mm. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. So when I was like, when I read this, I was like, whoa, like this, okay, okay, for real. And so when it says right here, you'll be changed from the inside out, what does that mean? When you're eating all that junk, you know, that fried chicken, that 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 fries, you know, I'm not bashing fried chicken because I love fried chicken. KFC is my new love, you know? But um, what's it called? When you're eating that, when you're when you're filling yourself up with that temptation, with that sin, you're not you're not risking, you're not doing anything to get rid of it. You're not doing anything for you to be able to be changed um for you to be like results you know but when you change that diet when you start eating oh like protein you know like i would always 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 talk about protein because protein helps a lot but you eat that chicken instead that grilled chicken that salmon you know you start you start praying you start reading the bible you know let's compare um that you start filling yourself up with those things you will change and this isn't just you guys either like this is you guys asking god for help as well because changing your diet from one day to another is not gonna happen don't think it's ever gonna happen you are gonna crave that that sweet that sweet chocolate once in a while you know and you will fall into that temptation you will fall into that sin but the fact that you're getting up and you're like no god help me um i'm gonna pray right now um i'm a fast right now for me to be able to change and that literally happens and when you notice when you're eating that diet when you're choosing those greens those veggies that you literally you literally start feeling clean like i have no idea how to explain it but you're like your insides you literally feel clean you're like nah i want to continue feeling clean you know and i was like that's so crazy because you when you're eating when you're filling yourself up with that sin you do feel like nasty you're like bro like do i even do i even want to go to church like you know we always say that's that 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 uh, the devil throws darts at you and you're like oh we're how are you serving right now if you did if you fell into that sin yesterday or mm -hmm. like that and past hour before church you know but when you keep um consistently being with god he will change you and the crazy part is is that in another version the same verse in another version in amp it says but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of mind and i was like bro and focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes but shaylee what does this renewing of mind mean it's having i don't know what's it called in english metanoia. but metanoia yeah i don't know what's it called in english i'm so sorry but it's having that change of mind it's not it's not it's not like oh i'm gonna eat instead of regular fries i mean sweet potato fries but they're still they're <laughs> so still fried. being yeah fried you know <laughs> it's not that it's you having the knowledge and being okay like let's go let's do this let's change yeah. i'm gonna stop eating that junk and i'm gonna start eating good like healthy and i was like Pff, you know like i was like crazy you know i was gonna, you know, I was gonna tell you about, about everything you said yeah and honestly <clears throat> it's so funny that you apply it to food. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> but um, the Bible says that everything that we do in this world is nothing but a shadow of how what it is spiritually. Yeah. And how do you feed your spirit? 
You feed it with the word of God, right? And um, I've even seen with my own two eyes people that don't even understand English. Sorry, Spanish. And somehow they end up in our church. Like like even yesterday, there was this guy that only spoke English. And uh, he, I was like, who invited you? How did you get here? How did you even hear about it? But of course, this is all in my mind, right? And I'm looking at he's a complete different uh, ethnicity as we all are and I'm just like God I don't know what in the world you are doing here but um, I like what my sister says I'm here for it I, I am and I want to see it and I want to see not only I, I want to see not only him but I want to see thousands of people coming here and say I don't know what you're doing here but this is where I want to be and mm-hmm. um, it's funny that you say that because even your spirit is that way for example yeah. when you are full of sin a lot of people tell me Danny how do I become you know how do I become like a like a leader how do I become like them and I'm like look start slowly yeah. you know uh, when the water when the water when a cup of water is dirty the only way to make it clean is to run clean water through mm-hmm. it but what happens the dirty water comes out of it and the water uh, the clean water starts running through mm-hmm. and that's the same way you said right if you just grab the diet and you said from here to tomorrow oh I'm gonna start not gonna nah, be able to do it work, yeah. same thing with here little by little and I love that you said that um, not to take uh, how do you say like uh, fake stuff like for example sweet potato fries or regular fries yeah. if they're both fries they're, if they're yeah. both fried uh, even though they're a little bit healthier right they almost seem like oh it's like 10 calories less yeah. and isn't isn't the world tell you the same thing yeah. oh listen listen to to Christian rap now it's not the same but it's all fried in the same oil yeah. you know and I, I always think about it and I'm not bashing on Christian rap I'm just saying like Let's get down to what God really is, which is the essence, which is the word of God and is the worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny, I was just going to say that the the um, Israelites did exactly that, right? Like they were used to a certain diet in Egypt, right? And then when Jesus, or when God, sorry, I always want to say Jesus. Uh, when God gives them manna, which bread from heaven, right? They're just like, oh, but I kind of miss like the onions and the garlic of Egypt, right? The meat. And like literally my, my first thought is like, right? Big eye roll. <laughs> I can't believe these people like there was bread falling from the sky like seriously that's so cool right but we are the same way yeah. we are so terrible god comes and he changes our life and he says no don't don't do that anymore and we're like but but i kind of like miss that oh my god but i'm doing this but i'm wishing for that mm-hmm. and uh when you were saying that i was like dude the diet is like the most important part ever but i i just wanted to say one more thing danny because i i do feel like a lot of our youth is concerned with being leaders and i think I think the best advice I could say is if you want to be a leader, be a good follower. Be an obedient follower. Mm -hmm. Um, Because leading isn't just about telling people what to do. It's about doing Mm -hmm. what you want other people to do. Because if not, people will call you a fraud and be like, you don't even do it. Why are you asking us to do it? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. No, And with what you said about about being a leader, uh, being a leader is being uncomfortable most of the time. Honestly... I've never been more uncomfortable than I've been today, than I've been in my last, what, six months that I've been an elder in this church. I've been so uncomfortable. Like, people tell me what to do. People give me their two cents. People talk bad about me. And I'm just looking at it. I'm like, look, I'm just going to stand where I'm standing because I look pretty here. And I know God is going <laughs> to do something. And and I just I just look back and I say, God, honestly... Sometimes I sometimes I break down to God and I go, God, I, I can't do this. But then God tells me, I didn't race, no. Yeah, no weenie. No, we, no weenie, no chicken, you know? And I'm like, okay, God, you know, I'll continue being here. But I, it, being a leader, guys, is completely um, being in an uncomfortable situation. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, as one of my stories, just so you can understand how horrible it is. 
uh, not how horrible it is, but how uncomfortable it is. The first time that uh, we had a, I think I told you guys, all of you guys, but I don't know if I told the people from the podcast. Um, the first uh, retreat that we ever had, um, we came back and I think we took like, how many people? Like we took the double bus, remember? We took like 120 people, right? Dude, I was so excited. We came back, it was Sunday night. And then they were like, hey guys, we're going to have class. And we had class over there. Then um, some guy stayed back. He's like, hey, Danny, can I talk to you? I was like, yeah, bro. Um, what do you need? He was like, I'm here to start. He was like, hey, I'm going to let you guys, I want to let you know that I wanted to thank you for everything you do. And that was the first time anybody did that to me, right? And I was like, oh, you know, you're welcome. And I was like, uh, glory to God. And I always try to do that because if not, I started getting like, I start feeling like it's, like, you know, mine. Yeah. Then I'm like, oh, glory to God, glory to God. And, and he goes, I want to thank you. And you can step down now. And I looked at him and I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah, God told me that I'm ready to be the the youth leader. Dude, I haven't <laughs> the, heard this story. <laughs> the youth leader. And I looked at this kid and this kid was 17 years old. Keep this in mind. 17, 16 years old. And I'm like, and I'm like, uh, you want to be youth leader? He's like, yeah, dude, I think God told me that I was going to be a youth leader. And I said, okay. I told him, like, if I don't want to say God didn't speak to him either, right? But I also didn't want to say, no, this is mine, right? So I said, look, um, I'm gonna do just like Aaron did. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my staff, and you put my and you put your staff, and let the one that's not supposed to be here wither away. And um, as you guys can see, five years, six years later, I still remain here. Glory to God. <laughs> but uh, I, I was wondering, and I was like, it made me so uncomfortable. I went home and I was thinking, I was like, dude, maybe that was it. Thank you, Danny. You know, for getting everybody together. Now, next one, and I was a little bit sad, and I was a little bit uncomfortable. But at the same time, now I look back, and I'm like, God tested my heart. He was like, well, I could have yelled at the guy. I could have gotten into a bad attitude. I could have gone and ran to my dad and be like, oh, he wants. I could have been a baby about it. I could have done a lot of things. But now I understand. I was like, No, God put me in an uncomfortable situation so I can grow. Mm-hmm. Now, when somebody tells me that, now I laugh and I go, Bro, for sure, you want to take over. Go ahead, bro. I'll give, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you all the departments that, that we have because there's a ton of departments that we have just within the youth. So I was going to tell you guys that uncomfortability definitely pushes us to grow. Yeah. Right. <sighs> mm-hmm. Oh my God, that was a lot. But yeah, do you have anything else to say? We also have to, like, you know, pick and choose on who we surround ourselves with. So, I yeah, agree. I know we've all heard the thing is just like that, that one phrase is show me your friends and show me who you are. But it's so true. Like, I, I feel like a lot of youth, like, they they struggle with um, the where it's just like, oh, can I just be friends with, like, my my people in, in, um, school. in school yeah that I could ju- they're cool you know we're, we're chill but no no you're not you're not you're not <laughs> um, sooner or later yeah I may be like innocent now you guys may be besties whatever you know who cares but sooner or later they start like corrupting you and and like we've like we've said before like you are that one light bulb in the darkness it looks so weird like if you guys seen a picture it's like so them like it does not belong there you can you can feel like that picture is just like ew like that's that's you know yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. and then the more you grow spiritually mature Mm -hmm. the more you're like okay yeah like i don't i don't want to be there like i don't want to surround myself you know but this all comes down to like always asking god 
to be there with you always we are guys we are nothing without god don't think you can handle any situation without god because you cannot there's a a verse and um john 15 1 through 7 so bear with me it's the amp version because i love that version but it says i am the vine and my father is the vine dresser every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that continues to bear fruit he repeatedly prunes so that it will bear more fruit even richer and finer fruit Mm. you are already clean because of the world which i've given you the teachings which i have discussed with you remain in me and i will remain in you just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine neither can you bear fruit neither can you bear fruit producing evidence uh, of your faith unless you remain in me i am the vine and you are the branches the one who remains in me and i in him bears much fruit for otherwise apart from me that is cut off and vile union with me you cannot do anything if anyone does not remain in me he is thrown out like a broken off bridge withers and dies and some other version says that they use those branches and just throw it into the fire like imagine bro okay and then and they gather such branches and throw them into the fire like i just said and they are burned if you remain in me and my worm my words remain in you that is if we uh, vitally unite unity and message and uh, my message lives in your heart ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you yeah yeah it's okay I, I, oh, sorry. So I was gonna say the word remaining uh-huh. is such a big word there right yeah because when you remain in something it means there was some type of trial there was some type of you know um you know what i mean like like um you know, like clash, like there's something that might want to kick you high, but may kick you out. But that's what I'm telling you guys that mm-hmm. when you fight with your brothers, it's not bad. Like, it's not. like you know, like when you, like for example, when you fight with Layla, it doesn't mean you're not gonna love her anymore. You know, you still go out <laughs> and you buy her something. But yeah. the fact, that, but the fact that you yelled at her the day before, maybe you had a reason to. Maybe she was doing something dumb. Or, but the same thing happens in church because we're all together. It might be a little bit uncomfortable that. I had to say something that was mm-hmm. that was that maybe you didn't like, and then you go, okay, I'm gonna leave church. No, you remain. The word remaining means that somebody, something or something was trying to correct you, and it could have been easy for you to get out, but you stayed. Mm-hmm. Last thoughts. I was just gonna say that the part that I loved about this is that it says that he prunes the tree, and that literally means cut off branches, right? Mm-hmm. So what is it doing, making you uncomfortable? Because I'm sure trees are not like, yes, please cut my branches. Yeah. But it, it's so that you get better more so that next year yeah you have more fruit to bear and i thought that's awesome and i just want to share like a super fun fact i don't know if anyone will like it i don't even know if it's true but i heard that uh, <laughs> when, <laughs> when you cut grass the smell that that it has is pretty much like its defense system saying like i'm hurt predators be careful um <laughs> which i thought was funny right but same thing right like when you prune uh when you prune a tree right like i just wanted to prove that it's not comfortable for the trees Okay. I should Um I just really like that what you guys were saying how we have to cut a tree. In James three, eleven, twelve it says that does a spring of water bubble out both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives and a grapevine produce figs? No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So we really have to understand like 
we are this fountain and what do we want to produce if we are clean water and we're constantly trying to clean ourselves and then we go and add a little bit like have you noticed it could be a huge bottle mm-hmm. of clean water but you add a little bit of dirty and suddenly dirty. it all mixes yeah. Yeah. and that's exactly with our friends like yeah i understand we do have to go out and be like hey look this is jesus and go and sometimes it is going to be uncomfortable being that clean water in the midst of dirty yeah. but we have to understand if we're not strong enough you if you don't think that your foundation is God, if you're not in that solid rock foundation, then maybe we should cut people until we're mm. strong enough to yeah. then be able to be like, oh yeah, now we can talk about it. Now I can fight back and be like, this is Jesus. My These are my principles. I'm not gonna stand by this, but hey, look, this is Jesus. This is God. Learn, yeah, like. Sorry, I was just gonna say first Peter three fifteen says, um, be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Mm -hmm. So just because somebody asks you about your faith, guys, this doesn't mean that you can be like my faith is awesome. Well no, you should be saying my faith is awesome, but you should not say you suck, like oh no, everything that you believe is dumb. But no, do it with respect, right? Making it so understanding the word of God so well that it's easy for you to convince. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense. Uh, I hope it did. You know, I was gonna tell you as well that I like to apply, um, just what you said, I like to apply, have you guys ever been on an airplane and they told you that when the, just as I know this sounds funny, but uh, you know when it says the mask, the air mask comes down, it says oh. the number one rule is before you help others, but make sure you save yourself, right? Um, because you can't help other people if you're, you're dying, dying, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what applies there. If you're spiritually dying and you're spiritually dying trying to keep these friendships, it's better to cut them off for a little while. Mm-hmm. Help yourself grow. Give yourself CPR or give yourself that thing that goes, I don't know what that is called. <laughs> yeah. uh, and make yourself grow. Uh, yeah, fibrillator. Yeah. <laughs> And, and or um, before you help other people and literally guys um, me as a almost 30 year old man I can tell you that I have to do it a few times in my life I had to cut off people and then I go back now at 29 and I said hey bro the way that we we were stopped being friends was bad bro I'm so sorry I'd rather say sorry and be alive than be dead and be like hey bro but we together, bro, for life. No, 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 no. I'd rather be together with God for my, the rest of my life. Amen. So I hope this doesn't make anybody mad or anything. And if I did, I am so sorry. That's not sorry. what I wanted to. But uh, the Bible says the truth, and that's what the Bible says. Amen. And anyways, anyways, guys, we have come to an end. Today's one of the longest ones. But um, guys, I hope this was a blessing. I'll see you guys next week. And don't forget to follow us at Redeem LA. And also, we're having our Q&A soon. So please, 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 please. Please, um, I don't know if it's going to be soon or before this one or after this one, but uh, send us some questions. Uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll work something up on uh, social media so we can all get our questions in. Other than that, guys, I'll see you guys next week, and God bless you guys. Take care.